This this is the Impressions Exchange Podcast. Impressions Exchange Podcast. Where all topics impacting the graphic imaging and printing industry are addressed via in-depth news coverage, analysis, and timely interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this special Impressions Exchange podcast series for Women's History Month. My colleague, Denise Gustafson, who is Editorial Director, Special Projects Editor, and Editor-in-Chief of Wide Format Impressions, is taking a break from her special series hosting duties this month to become a guest on this series dedicated to celebrating women in leadership roles within the printing industry. We talk about International Women's Day and Women's History Month and what it means to her. We also explore her experiences as a woman in the industry, how she overcomes imposter syndrome, and how we can better support women. Plus, we talk about the Women in Print Alliance. Denise, thank you so much for being here with me today. Yeah, no problem. It's a joy to be here and chatting with you. I know. I love having you on. It's so easy to to just go back and forth with you. It's always a pleasure. Although I have to say, it still is very weird to me that you are asking me the questions. Uh, it's usually <laughs> the other way around. So it is a little weird. I will admit it. Yes. Yes. Well, we had to get you on for uh, Women's History Month. Um, you are a leader in the industry. Um, and so I knew that this year we had to, because we didn't last year. So no, we, we, had to, we had to make up for it this year. Um, so today is a very special day. It is actually the 112th International Women's Day um, as part of the larger Women's History Month. So I wanted to talk to you about that and some other some other things, um, your experience in the industry. So starting off with International Women's Day, what does it mean to you and why is it so important that we celebrate women? It's interesting in terms of, yes, it's the 112th you know, International Women's Day started in 1911, which is kind of crazy. And it's sometimes hard to think about what women in the past have had to go through in order to get a fair shake, to get respect, to not be dismissed. Um, There's a lot of women across multiple industries that have really had to fight and claw their way in order to be recognized and be just viewed as an equal. And I think that's really what, to me, a lot of this is about is we're not looking necessarily for the pat on the back, the at a boy or at a girl in this case. Um, We're really just, we're human. We want to be treated the same as anyone else. Mm -hmm. And you look at everything that's going on in the world. I mean, it's, it's gotten better, but I've been watching um, over the last year or so um, some of the history channel documentaries about, you know, the building of America. So the barons that built it and the food that built it and all the corporations and companies that really shaped the country we live in. And very rarely is there a woman at the top. I think it's just important for us as women to be treated equally. Uh, We want to make sure we're getting equal pay for equal work. Um, That's a struggle. You look at the job market as well. COVID 
most of the time, most of the people that went out because of COVID uh, left the workforce were women begs the question of why. And that there's a lot of stuff that we can go into with that, but to be able to celebrate women for what they do, um, for how they're thriving, for how they are empowering each other um, in all different industries, not just print, I think is important as a reminder for everyone. Right. Right. And something that um, uh, two things I want to touch on um, we did the uh, the caretaker episode in December, um, the episode of the Impressions Exchange podcast, and Adrian talked a lot about um, women needing to leave the workforce at higher rates um, and not coming back to mm-hmm. the the industry um, and the industry printing industry um, in particular, um, and you know why that was and and what that really means and how to bring women back into the workforce because they're such an integral part of the workforce. And one thing that's interesting about that is the fact that, yes, a lot of women have, they end up leaving because they have to choose between a family and their career. And most of the time it is the woman that puts their career on hold to raise their family. Maybe because that's more of a traditional role that women have played for centuries, Mm -hmm. that they are the ones that are the caregivers. But then there comes a time when maybe women want to start getting back into the workforce. They might've been out of the workforce for five, 10, 15 years. Things have so much changed over that course of time. Technology has changed. I mean, look back now, even just 10 or 15 years right now, if you had left the industry, you know, in 2010, how much had changed has changed between 2010 and now. Right in terms of technology, in terms of process, in terms, a lot of things. So that I think is also one of the things or the roadblocks that I think women face going back to any industry is there's a fear of not being able to keep up that they just are, you know, they end up feeling that they were just left behind. Um, One of the other things that you uh, brought up is, um, the fact that there aren't a lot of, or there weren't a lot of women-led companies and how, you know, really how novel it is now to see, you know, and we, it's still great when we get to see uh, the logo that says this is a women-owned business. Um, And actually just recently I sent a picture of a package um, of something I picked up at the grocery store. I sent it to my sister and my mom and my sister's like, oh, wow, it even says like women-owned company on the um, on the package. And, uh, I guess she had never seen that before, but calling that out, it, it, it shouldn't be so novel and exciting. Exactly. But it is because it's it's great to see that. Yeah. And so that kind of leads me to my next point here is that this year's theme of international women's day is embrace equity. And we've talked about, you know, how there's been some, advancements uh, for women in the industry, obviously, um, but we still have a long way to go. So, you know, what challenges are, are, do you think we're still facing today and what challenges have kind of faded as the world has gotten a little bit more aware of gender issues? I think a lot of it has been driven by some of the newer generations, honestly. Um, In what I've observed and in some of the conversations I've had, 
the choice between having a family and having a career, it is still a choice, but it is better in terms of a lot of times some of, you know, like Gen Z or some of the newer generations, they're in it together as partners, um, raising children. So in one case, maybe it's the wife, it's the wife's turn that she needs to take off. And then maybe it's the husband or the partner that takes off the second time the child is sick. It's shared. So child rearing is shared between both parents, which I think is actually healthier for everyone involved. Right. Um, Because honestly, that's, that's a whole partnership when you, you get married or whatnot, it is a partnership and raising children should not be just based on one person. Both need to have a hand in that. But then with women, there's also that guilt that comes because of it. Am I not spending enough time with my kids? Am I not, am I not giving them what they need or am I not giving my career the con the 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 concentration and the focus that it needs. Am I being selfish because I want a career? That's something that I think women are still struggling with. Mm-hmm. I mean, overall, um, I think it's getting better. It's being addressed more in terms of having women in the workplace. In terms of the needs of people just the needs of people period with the the newer generations they're they're bringing it to the forefront and so i think it's helping not only women it's helping men as well doesn't matter i think it's it's a larger conversation about mental health and about work life balance and all of these other things that are now finally coming to the forefront that 5 years ago 10 years ago would never have been discussed mm-hmm. right um and I think this is a good uh, a good segue into your experience within the industry, um, because you are a leader in in the industry. So tell me a little bit about how you got st- how how you started in the printing industry. It's funny. One of the women I spoke to, and it's been actually echoed with a number of the other women that I spoke to this month, that there's one of two ways to get into the industry. First one is you are, it's a family thing. You have a family member that owns a print shop or whatnot, or you fall into it. Obviously, I'm a journalist, so I'm I'm not, I don't own a print shop or my parents did not own a print shop. So for me, I honestly fell into it. I answered an ad in the newspaper for a position um, with a company in New York on Long Island that had printing publications. I went through the usual, you know, I was looking for a job at the time. I was about nine months out of college at that point. I had been working temp. So I had worked for a number of different places. Um, Just as temp, a lot of times it ended up being just like secretarial work or whatever until I could find something more permanent. I answered the ad did my interviews. And it turned out that while I was doing this, I had gotten another interview with Women's Day in New York, which was fabulous. I mean, Women's Day, big magazine. I actually got offers from both companies. And that at the, that point, it was to decide, do I want, where do I want to go? The printing industry was something I, you know, I was interested in. 
it was of interest to me in junior high. I actually did hand type. I did hand type setting um, as part of our shop class. So I enjoyed it. It was fun to me because um, I do have that creative aspect. But then there was something really nice and shiny about the, the Women's Day thing, you know, as a journalist to be able to go into magazines. And it's a big name. They were actually offering the same money. So for me, it ended up being a no brainer because 10 minutes from work versus two hour commute. And they were not paying any commuting. Like there was no break for commute. It's, I mean, for me at that point, it was a money, a money game. So in all honesty, I kind of fell into it, but it fit what I was looking for in terms of a job. Because at that point, that's all I was thinking of. I needed a job. I'm out of college, need to be able to support myself. So I need a full-time job with benefits and it's going to be close to home. I can drive there. I don't have to spend thousands of dollars in commuting fees to go into Manhattan. A win. Yeah, I'd say, and I'd say it, it, it worked out. I think so. Yeah, I think I think it worked out. Um, I seem to recall, and I know you just said that in um, middle school you you did some typesetting, but um, didn't you also at some point in high school or uh, you also went to a print shop and you? Yes. Tell me about that. <laughs> in high school, I was the editor in chief of our newspaper, so mm-hmm. I was actually one of the youngest editor in chiefs brought that was given that role in high school. I don't know if there just wasn't enough people interested in the whole journalism thing. That could have been it too. Um, but every time we produced an issue of the magazine, we would actually go to Merlin Printing and we would actually do the paste up there. So we would lay out the magazine, well, not the magazine, but the newspaper using wax and exacto knives. And if we had to cut something, we would cut line by line you know, trying to squeeze something in, you just cut, trying to get like spaces to just jam it in just a little bit. The smell of the wax machine, I think I can still remember, but it was actually so much fun to go there and to be able to do that. Um, And we had other, you know, we basically were left on our own when we were doing that. But if we had a question about something, there was people, some other graphic designers and layouts folks were there that could answer questions for us, but it was a great learning experience to be able to learn that whole process. I mean, honestly, in, in college, I did the pioneer at CW post. So, um, did that as well. We had, when I started there, they were just getting into desktop publishing. Mm -hmm. So they were, they were still doing some paste up, but they had now started, they had moved over to doing page maker and doing everything on on the, the computer. So that was, that was a change as well, mm-hmm. but it was fun to be able to learn. We had this, the, the little IMAX, the max, the little, the square guys, you know, for doing all our stories. So I am a Mac girl through and through, I will tell you that, <laughs> you know, you're in a leadership position within our company. Um, and I know you previously were as well. So can you tell me about some of the high points of being a leader and maybe also some of the challenges? And maybe if you could also loop in some of the stories that you've heard from other women this month too. It's very funny. Um, not that I, and I've said that a couple of times during this, this conversation, sometimes I don't consider myself a leader. I'm just part of the team. 
I don't know if that's just how I was brought up, but I understand that I am a leader and sometimes it's hard to wrap my head around that. I guess that kind of goes into like the imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome, yes. That, I mean, I've been, I've been doing this job in one way, shape or form for 25 years. So I started out in, you know, editorial assistant and I climbed the ranks. I moved up. Um, so it's, it, it is interesting. Um, I think it's important in general to have women in roles of leadership roles, um, especially to have them in the C-suite. Because when I was coming up through the ranks, most of the time, the publishers were all male. Even within our company, you know, within the company I was at before, there was very few women in charge of specific brands. It was mostly men. Um, and in some cases, if a woman was in charge, it was a different attitude that was expressed toward them. There was eye rolling about things that they wanted. It was, it was tough sometimes to navigate. Um, I wish I, I learned a ton from one of my editors, um, Karen Hall, who was with me when I started and she was, she had a long, long experience in journalism in the print industry. And she was fantastic and great at helping to mentor me and, and show me what needed to be done. Um, so I learned a lot from her, just the, the process of editing and writing and you learn it in school, but it's different when, you, when you're in the industry. And I mean, that could be the said the same thing for anybody, even in the print industry in general, you might learn how to be a graphic designer. You might learn how to do other things, but it's not until you get into the industry and you're doing it in day to day that you really understand what's involved with it and the skills that you need. You might have some of them, but then you still need to, you still need to be that sponge and, and grab and, and pull everything up. Would I have liked to have seen more women in roles throughout my career? Yes, I would have, because that would have given me a little bit more, maybe motivation or not no motivation, but encouragement maybe to lean into a role as a leader or a mentor. Representation matters. I mean, we talk about that with, you know, people of color in, in movies, in, in media, in roles, leadership roles, same with women. You know, if, if you don't have a woman in a leadership role within the company you're in, it's kind of hard to see yourself moving up and taking a role like that someday. So I think that's incredibly important. Yeah. And now I'm, I was reporting now in an industry that is mainly male dominated, the printing industry, especially I was working with publications that were in the commercial print space, very, very male dominated. Um, that was interesting. And it not only was the, the readers and those that own companies male dominated and owned by men, but now I'm going to trade shows and events and industry events and primarily all the people on the show floor are male and it became one of those things that you know girls as you know we change up our hairstyles we change the color we do that from time to time 
And by and large, if I had changed my hairstyle or color, that was the first thing people commented on when I walked into their booth. And that's, you know, looking back, I thought, you know, when I was younger, it was just like, yeah, you know, what do you think? You know, it's fine. But at the same time, if that's what you're thinking of me and what kind of respect are you giving me? Right. Um, If the first comment is about your hairstyle or your appearance, instead of what we're here to do, which is do an interview to learn how I look should not have any bearing on anything. Right. And honestly, that's not a conversation that you would have talked to a man. If a man had come in and he didn't have a beard before, and now he has a beard, you don't really say anything. That would be weird. It would be weird. And it's weird the other way. I mean, it's weird in the circumstance that you just brought up. So, um, I mean, have there, have there been incidents? Yes. Um, right. And I think, you know, um, bringing more women into, you know, we're talking specifically about the printing industry. I'm sure it's this way in other industries as well. Um, but bringing more women into those C-suite roles will also mm-hmm. help change that narrative that women deserve respect, can be in leadership roles, can can lead organizations. And I also think that that you know changes the uh, the perspective and the dynamic of the organization as a whole. Yeah, agreed. And then you have a lot of times you have that C-suite, and sometimes it ends up being a lot of men. But then does it just become an echo chamber and they're just repeating the same things over and over again by having people from different backgrounds, genders, it provides multi perspectives that I think is better for a company as a whole to be able to have the multiple different perspectives of how you view a project, um, a challenge. Because if you're just hearing what you said, that's not going to do you any good. Sometimes you need to hear the differing opinions. Sometimes you need to hear the differing perspectives. Because that's what makes you better and stronger as a company. Right. Yep. One of the other things that you mentioned that I wanted to ask you about is imposter syndrome. (laughs) Um, It's something I suffer from all the time. Um, and I know it's it's pretty commonplace, um, especially with women. So, you know, have you ever felt imposter syndrome? Um, and if so, how did you navigate your way through it? And do you have any advice for anybody who's experiencing that? All the time. Like I said, I've been in the industry 25 years and I still, for whatever reason, in the back of my mind, I still have that little nagging doubt that someone's going to find out that I really don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter that I've been in the industry that I know what I'm talking about. I know, I mean, one of the things that I love is to learn and to learn why things work the way they do. So why an ink, it, he, it has a certain adhesion to different pro, to different media and why it works and what's the chemical reaction. To me, that's interesting because it makes sense. I always like to know how things are made. 
and why things do the things they do. Um, that's thanks to my father with his scientific mind. So I will blame him entirely. <laughs> um, but it's still that doubt is still there. And I know that's something that women suffer from, I think more so than anyone. Um, men, I don't think ever have to worry about that. So what do I do? It's basically, I put my head down and do my work. It's, you, you know, part of it's you fake it until you make it. Apparently I made it. So I faked it enough. I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I love that saying. It's one of my favorite sayings. I say it to myself all the time, fake it till you make it. Because I have the skills. I have the degree to back me up. I have the years of experience in terms of what I've learned about the industry. And honestly, I have people I can ask questions to if I need to learn more. I have the network as well. So it's, it is definitely tough. And I think, um, I think that's something that women in any kind of workplace, I think we all suffer from. We always want to make sure that we are better. Um, maybe a little of it's even we want to prove to ourselves that we can do it just as well as the men. Maybe that's still something in the back of our, my mind or our minds as, you know, as women in general. Right. You've got something to prove. Yeah. And I shouldn't. And a lot of women shouldn't because they have the skills. They have the, you know, for whatever reason, that's one of the things that has been, that's, maybe that hasn't been taught is to know your worth, to be confident about what you know. That's not something that is really discussed when you're growing up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I, um, it, about the, uh, the pay gap, um, there's something that I read, I've read before, um, and I can't point to it exactly, but one of the reasons why men, a lot of times will come into a position with a higher salary is because they negotiate more often than women do because women don't have the confidence to speak up and say, no, this is, you know, I know what the going rate is for this role and I should be paid X. Um, and, you know, unfortunately that's a, something that is for a lot of people just ingrained in us as a society that, you know, men, should or are expected to have the confidence to go in and negotiate. Um, and it's just unfortunate. Yeah. Thing. I mean, from a lot of that advice in terms of like pay equity is no, no, do your research, know what that position is worth and be confident as hard as it is, be confident to know that you can command the same. You have the experience, you have the, the history. And I think that's probably where a lot of women struggle as well, because then of course there's the other stereotype of a woman that's too aggressive or too assertive. Right. And then people look down on them. But if, a, if a man did the same thing, oh, he's just a go-getter. Mm -hmm. It's viewed very differently. And I think some of that not that I think that need it needs to change. How? I don't know. I think that's a, a larger conversation 
that, you know, Women's History Month and International Women's Day can help starting start some of those conversations. Right. And, you know, what you're doing with talking to women in leadership roles in the industry, getting their experiences and then sharing those stories, um, I think is doing nothing but helping um, and helping kind of bring awareness to the issue. issue. Um, So speaking of women um, in the industry, how do you think that the industry as a whole or even an individual printing company can appeal to more women to join the industry? Make sure that you as a company, so in this term, a print service provider, some kind of company, is providing the full picture of really what is entailed. Unfortunately, the print industry as a whole has a bad rap in some cases, that it's an old industry, it's an outdated industry, that it's a dirty industry, that yes, it is manufacturing, you know, that's fine, but not everybody runs a press. Not everybody is, you know, lifting paper and and loading paper into some of it yes is physical i think that's what when you talk about the printing industry that's what people focus on just the you know slinging ink putting on plates and they always think about it in the offset world as well and you know it's it's not it is not clean when you're looking at some of that there's ink open containers etc etc Has it gotten cleaner? Yes. Things have changed. The industry has come a long way. But now a lot of the equipment is digital. It's very clean. But that's only one small part of what a printing establishment or a printing business does. There's finance. There's design. There's logistics. There's customer service. There's sales. There are so many roles within a company, a printing company, that I don't think people really understand what the breadth and the depth of all the different job opportunities that are available. I remember we went to um we went to Image Options mm-hmm. and uh Brian Height introduced us to um to interns. I believe they were interns. They were interns. Yes. And they were, I think from design or marketing. Um, and that we talked to them and said, you know, what do you think working here? And they said they had no idea the, the possibilities that a printing operation had for people that, that wasn't just, you know, like you said, like ink under your nails, lifting paper, running a, a, a big offset press. Um, and that's, I think, what kind of the, the perception is when when people think of the printing industry. Um, but yeah, there are tons of opportunities and opportunities for young people and young women to get into the industry. And when you look at some of it as well, print is not going to go away. Will it change? Will it evolve? Yes. And we've seen that as things have changed and evolved. We've seen, you know, instead of really, really long runs, we're now going to multiple or many, many more short runs. Again, the the advent of with digital technology. Um, 
there's so many changes that are happening within the industry that there's just so much growth opportunity. It's a stable industry. Even though people say it's an old industry, it's still a very stable industry. Because if you look at certain markets and certain verticals, you look at government and some of the implants, there is always going to be paper produced through a government agency. There's no right. getting around it. You look at legal. I mean, and that's just some of the small format stuff. How about medicine? Can you really see us getting away from printed pamphlets that go in with every single piece of medicine? That's all printed. I mean, packaging in, in and of itself is never, or I don't, I never view it as ever being able to go away. There's really no replacement for a jug of milk with a printed label or a carton mm -hmm. to hold the milk in. It doesn't work otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, it needs to be placed into something. Um, honestly, signage is maybe it'll change in certain aspects, but in some cases for wayfinding, it's essential for getting people to recognize or catch their eyes so that they walk into a store. There's nothing that beats signage. So getting back on the topic of women in the industry um, and supporting women and how women can support each other. Um, you are on the board for the Women in Print Alliance. Yes, I am. So can you talk to me about that a little bit? Tell me about your role and, you know, are, are there things planned for this month that people can look out for? So obviously we, um, Women in Print Alliance has been in operation for several years. I've actually been part of the group and part of the committee for several years. Um, we actually just had a new director. So Elizabeth Lyons Black is the new director for the Women in Print Alliance. So she has been hard at work um, starting this year, really trying to put a lot of our plans into motion. Um, we have having the support of Ford Bowers for this has been really instrumental in getting this off the ground and really getting this started. So we have a website um, already launched. Um, it actually launched, I think, today. Well, no, a couple days ago. And it is um, womeninprintalliance.org. So you can always go to view that. I think, Ash, you're going to put this that down I, in the notes as I, well. I sure will. And then... Um, where you can sign up to get more information about um, what we're going to be doing in the future. We do have some plans for Printing United Expo in October. Um, so there are some big plans happening there. They're not finalized, so I can't talk about them yet, but there is some really, really cool things in the works, um, including networking, dinner rounds, events. So yes, keep an eye out for that because the, uh, it's definitely going to be a, a really big, a big thing for women in the industry in October this year. Um, but in the meantime, you can sign up to get more information. And we also have a LinkedIn page as well for Women in Print Alliance. So feel free to join us and have the, and start having some of the conversations there as well. We're going to be posting information there and articles as we get them um, to try to build our audience and build the community. Um, so this is, we're just, you know, it's baby steps right now, but we have a lot in store. We have big plans 
And with Elizabeth really handling the reins, I think we are going to get a lot done. Yes. And I'm very excited to see what happens with the Women in Print Alliance. And I will, for listeners, I will link to both the website and the LinkedIn page in the description so you can check them out. Denise, is there anything else you'd want to say that we haven't talked about or that you'd want to tell our listeners? Honestly, I think we've been talking for like almost an hour. I so know. I know. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. I know there's probably so much more we can talk about. Um, obviously making sure everybody goes and, and listens to all the phenomenal conversations that I had this month with women across the industry. Um, they were phenomenal. They were funny. They were touching. It's so interesting to see everybody's journey and to see what and how they got to where they are. I mean, one of them is a graphic designer who built two companies. Who would have ever have thought of a graphic designer that actually was tasked with building a wide format print department from scratch? Amazing. Kind of crazy. Yeah. But this woman did it. So stay tuned. Like I said, we have um, new podcasts every day, um, every weekday during March. So make sure you're listening to that. I know Ashley will have those tagged as well down below. Yep. Well, thank you so much. I'm so happy that I got to speak with you this month and you know, I'm going to have you back on the show sooner rather than later. I know it's okay though. (laughs) (laughs) I know where to find you. Yes, you do. It's available. So, and thank you again for the invitation. I appreciate it. I want to thank Denise for joining me on this episode of the Women's History Month special podcast series. I will include links to the Women in Print Alliance website and LinkedIn page in the description. Don't miss all the other episodes planned this month with women in leadership roles within the industry.